Welcome everybody to the streamed and screened, the streamed and screened podcast presented by Lee Enterprises. I am Chris Lay. I am one of the hosts. I'm also the podcast operations manager for Lee Enterprises. Uh, as always, we also have Bruce Miller, longtime entertainment reporter and currently the editor of the Sioux City Journal. You know, I always mispronounce all this and I think there's a scream in there. I have I have said screamed in the past as well. That's only in October. There we go. It's only allowed in October, but we kind of slip to slip in other months. So we'll make t-shirts next time. We'll uh hey, I'm for that. We'll have some swag. Merch is always good. Yeah. I agree. Yes. I agree. Uh, the other voice uh, advocating for the the month of October uh, is Jared McNett, a reporter for the Sioux City Journal, also a podcast coaster and producer i guess of the uh on iowa politics podcast yes and uh i would like to note up top chris that uh we are in week two of the uh rise of Gru imperium and uh there's there's no end in sight the rain will last a thousand years Gru is rising Gru has grown yes well yeah well let's let's i mean we, we can jump in on that i mean why not did you like it you like Gru? I really, really uh, enjoyed it. I have not seen any of the other uh, Despicable Me movies, nor the uh, the Minions oh, well, uh, prequel from uh, I guess that one was a couple years ago now. Uh, but my uh, my girlfriend's been in town, and both her and her family they're big fans of the the Minions in particular. Grew maybe a little bit less so. And I gotta say, I love a bunch of weird little guys doing silly stuff. That that's all it comes down to. And there was uh, an abundance of weird little guys doing silly stuff. So that was but, all I needed. But, 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 but. It's called Minions. Big letters. And then it has underneath it in little letters, the rise of Gru. And actually, it gives far more screen time to Gru than it should, because the Minions need more screen time. Well, and especially the newest Minion needed more screen time. Uh, Otto, the very orange-shaped uh, Minion, was very, very cute even by a uh, minion standards and should have gotten some more love in in the movie than he did yeah i think they're trying to shove grew down our throats and i don't want grew i would <laughs> rather have just minions only and i grew can be dead to me i don't care i i will say too i did appreciate like it didn't necessarily add a whole whole lot but i did think there was some funny stuff that came out of the movie being set in the uh the 70s like i know you talked about in your review the the jaws thing at the beginning and there were just some other funny little 70s gags i thought throughout the the movie too that were nice to have in there the the villainous six i think their name is Mm -hmm. they all had like 70s looks and i thought that was kind of fun but again they were shoved under the carpet in in favor of grew and enough enough (laughs) you know grew turned in case people didn't know and they apparently did not do well with that when he got nice and friendly he wasn't a good entity so then they had to go back and make him mean again and yeah it's just i don't know were there any gentle minions in your screening jared sadly there uh there were not i was really uh i was really hoping for that and there were there were none to be found there have been yeah, they've been they've been in town, but they were very well behaved. They did not do anything that was Good. mean or yeah. nasty. Uh, for anyone who who is hearing this, who who's unaware, this is one of the new trends, uh, I guess, instigated by by TikTok in 
in a lot of ways, but it's teenage boys or just teenagers in general dressing up in tuxedos, Ooh. fancy clothes, and and going to see the minions, and hooting and hollering, and you know turning it into a uh, a real Rocky Horror experience on otherwise unsuspecting families. There was a really good um, Slate article about that trend that I was reading the other day that was basically getting the fact that like for the most part the the studio has done a good job of not being too heavy-handed with like the memeing around minions and it's kind of just been hands-off which is a smart way to do things versus like you know sony tried to get in on all the morbius memes and that just blew up in their face uh completely and made them look really stupid for putting that movie back out in theaters because of all the jokes online versus minions they've kind of just let the minions out into the world and people have turned them into all these weird little trends and, you know, memes and everything else, which is, is a lot more enjoyable that way. I think it's more organic. doesn't have that, that corporate touch to it. Even though minions are all over the place in terms of like corporatized stuff, it doesn't necessarily feel the same. I would say. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. That is, is it, what's it called? Ninja warriors, the TV mm-hmm. show on NBC, they've got like something you have to walk over the minions and nobody chooses it. It's kind of interesting to see that, uh, you know, that your synergy here isn't working that well because people don't want to be the jump on a minion person who falls in the water. Well, so, I mean, it's uh, it, it apparently is working to a degree because this is the first time that we've ever talked about American Ninja Warrior. Uh, yeah. And, you know, so. You know, I'm all in on that show. I love that show. Hmm? Uh, not because it has those kind of heartwarming messages about how somebody who was like, you know, near the end of the rope and then decided that they were going to swing from the rope and they were going to try and win this thing. But I have never, ever seen the end of it, ever. For some reason, they must run that on a day that, you know, Bruce is out, so he's not going to be watching today. So let's run the finale, okay? Because I never know who gets to that mount whatever, and I never know who gets big money, ever. But I'm I'm like all in on all these things, and I think I know all their names and all of the... uh, attributes they have and you know and and the sad luck stories about dad and mom and the kids and god knows what but i never find out who wins the thing so if you're a ninja warrior person let me know we just gotta set you up with a um you know a calendar uh alarm something i know we're getting into the semifinals. okay so that's coming soon now i'm in i'll be watching but wait that final day it's going to be some morning at 6 a.m. when I'm not watching TV, no repeats, not repeated, not going to be seen by anybody. So there's my my ninja thing, but they are part of this latest season. So you know that Universal is trying to get every buck they can out of it. I will add the American Ninja Warrior finale to our planning spreadsheet. <gasps> I will make sure. Please. This is better than the Godfather part four. Thank you so much. (laughs) Um, So just to kind of jump back a little bit, um, Jared, you mentioned when you, when you saw minions, was this the the first ever minions film minions adjacent that that you've ever seen? This was your introduction to the minions verse. That is correct. Even though I know a lot of the lore without having seen the movies, the lore has has permeated my consciousness, even though I have not seen most of the movie, well, any of the other movies. So the idea of watching the most recent Marvel film, Thor, I came out of that 
And having been steeped in everything from the beginning, all of it, and being a comic book fan, and I'm not like catching all of the Easter eggs, but I get a lot of them. I understand, you know, like the history of the Valkyries and the, you know, whatever else. Like I'm, uh, but every single Marvel movie from here on out, I am going to buy a ticket for myself and then I'm going to buy an extra ticket. And I'm going to take someone who has never seen a Marvel movie to go with me because I, I want to know what that experience is like. It's impossible for me to ever see one of these things and not bring all of this background to it, all of this baggage, all of the, the myriad plot points that are happening. And I just want to get someone's perspective, someone's opinion on, on how, how these things function as standalone films, which is not necessarily what they're supposed to be. Like, I mean, I'm, it's kind of beside the point maybe, but that's, that's what I, I would be intrigued to, to find out. And like, you you know, just kind of have a uh, exit poll with someone on, on what their feelings were. What did you think, Jared? I know you've seen it. Did you see it also, Bruce? Oh, you bet. I, I you have bet. seen every Marvel film and I still don't know what was going on in that. <laughs> I really, that big convention they had of gods, you could have put anybody in there. There could have been E.T. in there. There could have been, uh, you know, you name the character from a, a George Lucas film. You know how he used to do that, where they'd stick him in and you go, oh, my God, look who's there. It's Roger Rabbit or somebody. And with this, I had no clue who those guards were or what they were doing. And why was boy, Russell Crowe sounding like one of the Mario brothers? Because <laughs> he was Roman. He's Italian. Yeah, but did he have to be that Italian? See, I, I file that in, in the plus column. The, well, the no, he would have been, Crow, I, I have to interrupt now. He would have been trying to sound Greek since he was Zeus. So the accent was even worse then because he sound, he did sound like a Mario brother, but Zeus, you know, ancient Greek God. So I don't know what, uh, what he was up to there. I really don't want to look like, I mean, gladiator, you know, <laughs> that's all he was trying to do. Yeah. <laughs> I felt like that was done very well, regardless of where the accent was. And yes, I, just got very gently called out by by Jared. I want to I want to make a point to acknowledge that Greek scholar Jared just weighed in. Yep, and Jared just very gently, without calling me out about it, which I, I appreciate. My easily bruised banana skinned ego, I appreciate that. But the the Greek god Zeus, as played by Russell Crowe, I thought it was fantastic. It was like the right amount of over the top and goofy, but also when he had to change gears and, you know, slam the brakes and actually turn into a real jerk, it hit that tone as well. So this is the, the fourth Thor film and the fourth film. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> and it's a pretty stripped down plot, more or less. We've got God, uh, Gore, the God Butcher, who was Again, I thought, this guy, where did he come from? I he was not in my radar. I mean, he wasn't. I mean, he, he's a relatively new villain in yeah. the in, in the since Marvel 2013. Movie. Yeah, only since 2013. He looked like Voldemort looking for another job. Yeah. <laughs> Christian Bale was very good. Very good. Yes. Yep. And he he still is in that uh, that same realm of the. Thanos was right Reddit page, you know, level of accuracy where it's like, if you, 
if you find out that not only are there gods, but that they are completely indifferent to us and all of our worshiping, like his feeling of, of betrayal and vengeance and uh, everything is is not, I mean, obviously it's it's the wrong reaction, I guess. It is, it is the, the actions of a villain, but it still falls within that like, well, we can argue this point, <laughs> like, you know, like reasonable people could disagree on that as far as the execution of it, uh, unintentional pun there, but, um, you know, yeah. What I was surprised at is that it, it led you to believe from the trailers is that this was going to be kind of a fun fest and then it turns real dark. And I wasn't expecting that. I also wasn't expecting that it was going to be as popular as it was. I went on Friday night because that's my thing. And it was hard to find a spot. I was almost in that front row where I didn't want to be. And it's in like 30 performances of it in a theater. So really, should I have had to sit like that? But, you know, there you are. Well, yeah, Bruce, to that uh, point, I mean, I think even I, like, even trying to count for being a lot more skeptical of Marvel movies at this point, even I was a little bit surprised at how well it did do at the box office this weekend. It made $144 million, which the only thing that did better this year so far was, I think, Jurassic World and then Doctor Strange. So, yeah, people were out there in the seeing Thor, yeah. Love and Thunder. I was of the mind that I could just walk in and I'd be fine. And it wasn't that way. They were, they had even reserved seats. So, you know, on the aisle to the far end, close to um, Chris Hemsworth's butt. That's where I was sitting. There you go. You're, uh, yeah, front row for Thor's gluteus maximus. Maximus, is that, is that Latin? No. Anyway. <laughs> So when you said that it got dark, in what way? Because there's a lot of different ways, and maybe you, you know, meant that as all the ways that it got dark. But I thought it was um, scary. So if you were taking kids to this, and kids were going, and you're kind of, oh, that's kind of cheerful, and that's goofy, and whatever, because that's what we've gotten out of Thor lately is that he's goofy, and there's this kind of there's remember when he had the dad bod, and he kind of looked like the dude from big Lebowski and all that kind of stuff. So you think, okay, I'm going to get that. And then there's this big kind of reveal about a character. And I won't say anything more about that, but you know what I mean? Um, character from his past who is back with her own. Um, oh, she's in the, um, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, I don't want to say what, what she sure. reveals, but then that was like, oh my God, how would I unpack this or explain this to a kid? knowing what could happen yeah any of the um the marvel movies or you know marvel comics in general whenever they they deal with some of the more big cosmological questions it's a real pandora's box you know where you can kind of you know wander out of there and you know i mean the idea of not every villain who die or not every hero that dies necessarily goes to valhalla <laughs> You know, I mean, you have to die in battle. And uh, if you don't, then, well, oops, you're, you're just not, you're just going to die. And the, again, like all of the, the cosmological stuff, it doesn't have to line up. But when you think of the, the Loki TV show where it was all of the, the TVA, uh, the Timeline Variance uh, Authority, you know, where they're having to keep all the timelines correct and everything. It's like, so where do these guys fall into that? Like, are the, where do the celestials from, you know, the Eternals fall in this 
you know, it, so Zeus is more impact. Anyway, this is none of this is <laughs> that important to the plot. Did you guys have fun with it overall? Halfway. Halfway. Just the first half? Mm-hmm. Jared? This was one of the least enjoyable movie experiences I had this year. <laughs> okay. What was the reasoning behind that? A big reason was I thought, and I um, I talked to my girlfriend and I went and saw this also this weekend. So big weekend for us going to the, the theaters. And she, she liked it more than I did, but even she agreed that the movie is incredibly erratic when it comes to like tones like you go from an opening of christian bale's kid dying to then we have a funny rock man telling us about you know thor getting buff again and then we have a cancer subplot that i found like genuinely offensive in the way that they tried to handle it like it was just very ham-handed how they handled that and then we go right back to like Natalie Portman, you know, dancing to, to Family Affair right after she's reminisced about her mom dying in a hospital. It, like, it was just complete and total tonal whiplash, I thought, throughout the movie. And it, it really felt like a director that didn't have control over their own movie or maybe was just throwing everything at the wall and just, you know, being good with the stuff that stuck to the walls, no matter if it actually fit together or not. So that that was a big one for me that was really hard to overcome when I was watching it. The screaming goats didn't paper over all that for you. It didn't. <laughs> no, not so much. The, 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 the thing, like I did enjoy Russell Crowe. The Russell Crowe part was funny. I did enjoy Christian Bale. And I, I still do think that Chris Hemsworth has like a really good comic delivery in these movies. Although as some people have still pointed out, it's weird that with like his character in particular over the course of these movies, we've gone from him as like a, a literal God, just like, you know, destroying people to now he's just doing funny bants and and stuff like that, which is still, I I get why that happened, but it's still such a weird transition to kind of think about with his character in particular in the Marvel universe. The other thing, it was a smaller thing, but it just didn't portend good things to come for me for the rest of the movie is the part that the guardians show up in, which is near the beginning and is also in the trailer, didn't even need to exist. It added nothing to the movie. And I thought in particular, Chris Pratt, like the way he delivered his lines, I, I think he was reading his lines as they were filming the movie. Like he was reading them for the first time because it was just stilted and, and strange. And it didn't feel like he knew what which Marvel movie they were even filming. That exists as a means of, tying up the thread that you know started at the end of the the last movie that they were all in but i totally agree with the the second half of what you're saying there uh where you know it certainly is just like oh like we're just gonna you know call these guys in and you know to the soundstage in atlanta uh for for a long weekend get everybody together and we're just gonna you know shoot a bunch of alts and then we'll you know scatter these in to uh, promos or (laughs) you know any of the other odds and ends I enjoyed it, but I totally can see the the concerns that that you had with it. There's certainly some inconsistencies with the tone. The only person who was really steady all the way through is Bale as as Gore, and the stuff that he did. I I was really honestly pleased with how scary it got, and the idea of these you know shadow monsters that are jumping out and you know, I mean, snatching kids. I mean, this is like children are in real peril in a sense of I'm, I'm absolutely positive that a 
a Marvel movie is never gonna, you know, have a child die <laughs> on camera at least. It's not gonna be Breaking Bad uh, season five or whichever season that was. <laughs> no, no, it's not gonna be that. But gore certainly traumatizes the hell out of these kids. Oh yeah, and you know is emotionally very cruel <laughs> uh, and and evil as much as you would expect given the fact that he butchers gods but yeah i enjoyed it for what it is one of the things coming out of it that i have that i was thinking about is just like marvel movies are always just going to peak at like a four-star rating for me and like you just kind of work from there like on the way down so it's like for like to say this is like a two-star film it's like it's like a you know 50 50 like it's not necessarily a bad thing it's not necessarily a good thing I didn't think it was as, as, as much fun as Ragnarok. It also didn't really have a whole lot to do as far as moving the larger phase four overall thing. That's one, one thing I, I should have mentioned too. A, again, like I, at this point, I'm more out on these Marvel movies than, than you are, obviously. It, at least with like the earlier phases and, and all of that stuff, there was, and granted, they kind of lucked into some of it, but there was at least a sense of like, where things were headed, like that you could pick up on in the post credits and everything else. There's like no sense now, if you only watch the post credits of where any of this is supposed to be heading toward. And at some point that has to be more of a problem and that has to start to matter at, at some point. You know, I wish they would just do a, uh, one that didn't have references to the past, the future, whatever, no ties, bring in a character that you just get that character and then you can build on that for another one. But I don't want to have to try and remember junk. I did want Loki. I'll tell you, I did want Loki just to show up to make me feel the world was all right. And maybe that's, that's just me, but you know that I'm a casual viewer of this kind of stuff. You guys are more invested than I am. And I, you know, I don't need all that. I don't need the the tie to this thing or that thing, and this one is related to that. I just want a story that's going to unfold. It's a, this story has been told before, and um, they just tried to dress it up with a few things that do, that do work. The kind of the comic stuff that he's been doing, he did better in like that that vacation redo. I thought he was very funny in that, and he was good in, in the Ghostbusters thing where he was the secretary. He was much better in those things. And maybe he should just don't worry about this and just do an out and out comedy because I'd love to see him in that. So that's what what we saw over this past weekend. And um, coming out this weekend, uh, we got the big uh, Where the Crawdads Sing is probably the the toppermost or the poppermost. Did you guys read the book? No. Everybody I know has read the book and I haven't. And I kept thinking, geez, do I need to read this book just to be able to figure it out? But I, I don't like that. I don't like where you feel you have to read something to understand what you're going to see. I believe each thing exists on its own. So if there are missing parts in this movie. Everything that I know about it, I don't think that you will have to have read the book to understand what's going on. And it's also... As far as movies based on books go, this was one of the top selling books of 2018. Uh, it's, you know, sold 12 million copies. It was picked up as uh, one of Reese Witherspoon's Hello Sunshine book club picks that did a lot to do all of that. Uh, so the movie, like everything that I don't know about it sounds fun. I don't know if I really am ever going to read the book. I'll probably see the movie. The uh, woman who plays the lead role, she was in Normal People. Daisy Edgar Jones. Yeah. 
why do they always want to get British people? Isn't there some girl from the South who could play this role? You know, I don't know. I mean, there's this kind of pro Brit thing that I'm not getting. They must work cheap because you find more films where it's like, well, this is like some American folk hero that you're doing and you're hiring a British person to play. I get that they're good actors, but they must work cheap. That's my one guess on all of that, because I would there must be a jillion young actresses who could play that role who are American. And then maybe she gave the best audition. I don't know. But I that was just kind of striking to me. I thought, really? Did we need this? You know, Julia Garner, let's get her in there. Come on, girl, let's work. But yeah, I don't know if um, where the crowd I'd sing really needs much, much additional push from us. Uh, but a movie that maybe does is Marcel, the shell with shoes on. Jared, are you a fan of the classic Jenny Slate and uh, Dean Fleischer camp shorts on, on YouTube. I have never seen a single one of those shorts. That is a, a piece of, uh, of YouTube ephemera uh, that completely escaped me from when it came out in uh, 2010, I think originally somehow that's one of those ones that just never ended up watching. Although I'm entirely aware of them. And I'm also a, a big fan of uh, Jenny Slate and all the stuff she's been in since uh those shorts came out more than a decade ago at this point but no i have not actually ever seen the uh the original stop motion stuff bruce have you have you, have you gotten a screener of this or no i probably did and i ignored it fair enough all right <laughs> i did see persuasion which is coming on friday dakota mm -hmm. johnson and then here's another case where an american actress is playing a british role now what's up with that that's okay, though. I'm fine with that. I just don't like it the other way around. <laughs> yeah, we, we can't let those Brits in our country. Come on. Yeah. They're stealing, stealing too many jobs. But it was just, it's weird. Far too much narration. She narrates the whole thing. She looks at the camera like she's on the office from time to time, kind of editorializing. Breaking the third wall. Yeah. And then it tries. Breaking the fourth wall. Breaking the fourth wall. She uh, tries a little too hard to drop in contemporary references a la Bridgerton. So instead of having music that's from the contemporary time, she'll have phrases like, oh, he's a 10. He's a 10. You had to have seen the movie 10 to be able to even have heard of what a 10 is. So the idea that this would you know, be back in the old days doesn't make sense. I think it's boring um, for the most part, if you really wanna be honest about it. and. It does show that she's capable of more, but this isn't the more she's capable of. Jane Austen, that woman should have gotten a lot of money from these people because they constantly remake her things. This is just, does it's gotta be in free, is it free now? Or? Public domain, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, too much. There are better ones that are done that are of the same thing. Everything that I've seen or heard about it, it seems like the the Jane Austen purists are, are upset uh, by it and also, you know, people that aren't Jane Austen purists just don't really seem to care about it. So seems like it's a lose-lose on that one, but it's on Netflix. So everybody can throw it on. I mean, who knows? Maybe it's the kind of thing where there are, you know, 14-year-olds out there that are, you know, really going to vibe off this and it's going to, you know, get, you know, picked up. Yeah, it's not cleverly written enough. It needs a little more. If you're going to go into that stuff where you're making references that we would understand, you got to really lean into it. And they don't. It's just kind of stray ones thrown off here and there. 
So we're going to jump into TV stuff now from the movies and the second half of season six of Better Call Saul, the final set of episodes starts this weekend and our resident Better Call Saul fan. It's already started. Oh, did it come out today or yesterday? It's already been one. But yeah, last night. Last night was the, the first episode of the new season. Again, with the gentle correcting. I, I love it. I love it. I love it. It's mutual respect, my friend. Mutual respect. I'm on the I'm on the ball today, man. I've had I've had some caffeine. I was listening to some Raj Rock earlier. That po- always puts me in a good mood. So I'm 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 prepared. Watch it, Jared. He's gonna cut you. You just wait. I'm not gonna <laughs> cut him. I'm gonna I'm gonna be over here jamming out to the the Nuggets box set just like he is, and we're gonna yeah be all good. Well, everything I say is now gonna sound like Chris Pratt in uh, in Thor: Love and Thunder. It's gonna be. <laughs> Tilted and strange. So better call Saul. Yes. You've seen the first episode. I actually admittedly uh, need to catch up a little bit on this um, final season, which I'm, I fully intend to do uh, before it all ends in uh, August. The, the, the final episode of this whole breaking bad, better call Saul experience is uh, August 15th. So I have a little bit of time to, to catch up and to, to watch these last couple episodes. Uh, as they happen and to, to savor them, which I fully uh, intend to do. And they're extremely dark. My understanding is that it's going to basically go all the way up to Breaking Bad. It's going to tie it in. Yeah, it's a Walter White and Jesse Pinkman going into the office, more or less. But it's also going to wind everything down on the other end mm-hmm. with him yep. in the... Not the witness protection program, or is it like the official... No, no, because he just he just jumped in a car and bolted anyway so yeah so we're, we're coming full circle with endings and beginnings and also endings it did well on the nominations too so it still got it's still has push i was thinking about this and and people have made this point before and I, I saw a good variation of this point made again uh this morning i think that for a show where we know a lot of what is going to happen at least to, to particular characters and everything like that the fact that this show has continued to um, ring as much drama uh, out of different scenarios as it has and as much tension as possible, even with characters that we know are going to be fine for years to come, is is really impressive. And I think knowing that this is an example of how to build tension, even with characters that we know are going to stick around, like knowing that people can do it this well with the show is why I get so frustrated when I see other prequels or other stuff that's playing around with with characters I, I get mad when they don't do it as well because i know it can be done at an extremely high level it's just difficult to do and it takes a lot of work agreed um bruce i know you out of the three of us you have seen a handful of episodes from the fourth season the the season that's starting presently uh, of what we do in the shadows on hulu we touched on it last week but yeah, it's uh, their opening a vampire uh, nightclub. It's called Nadia's and they have the biggest of the biggest stars. And one of the big stars kind of doesn't want to go on. And the vampires get real upset with him. Also, Nandor, you know, is looking for a mate and he has a genie who can give him wishes. And he has wished for something that maybe a lot of people would ask for, but he then has specifics about how he wants that special something to be. So if you could think about, if you got three wishes, what would you waste them on? 
But if you had like 50 some wishes, what would you use them for? And it's very, so, so funny. When you, this is episode four. When you get to that one, you'll be able to figure out what Nandor wanted with one of his wishes. Then young Colin Robinson, you know, he's a baby in this one because he came out of the um, chest of Colin Robinson when he died. And the baby grows up at an incredible rate. Like it's like Groot. It's very much like Groot. Bruce, didn't you, uh, didn't you talk, to, uh, talk to Mark Proch about uh, Colin Robinson except for the season? Yeah, Colin Robinson is, it's, he actually says it's very difficult. I mean, now think about it. He's a baby, but you know that there's a baby that they're using and then they superimpose his face or whatever. But he said it's very difficult to do this kind of acting because it's, you know, it's very specific. It's not like you're just kind of feeling it. But yeah, and it, when you see, like I say, I've been to four episodes. When you see how he grows in that period of time, it is very fascinating. And he can tap dance, just saying. And another connection to Better Call Saul. Yeah. This big garish Hummer. The thing that I am most looking forward to, and I kind of, again, I have to clear the way for Bruce here because... Bruce has seen some of these episodes and I have no clue what to even make of them. I just know that I'm excited for the new thing from Nathan Fielder on HBO, Nathan Fielder of Nathan for you fame, how to with John Wilson graduated from um, one of Canada's uh, top business schools um, with really good grades. That's another important thing on the resume. Yep. And he has a new show on HBO called the rehearsal, which the only thing I know is it's about getting people through problems in their life by having them rehearse things over and over again. And that's about as far as I know. But if it's anything like Nathan for you, everything starts off as a really simple, ridiculous premise and then spirals further and further and further out until it ends up finding sort of a, a logical endpoint in in its way. So it's, it's the perfect sort of not situational, but a, uh, you know, live action improvised sketch comedy sort of thing, uh, full contact. <laughs> it ends up finding a, a logical uh, point. And it also, a lot of times in some of the best episodes of Nathan for you ends up finding like a weird emotional angle that you didn't think was going to be possible at the start of an episode that was about like, you know, having a poo flavored ice cream or something like that. Did those all end happily? Um, quite a few of them did not all of them. I mean, I don't think, I don't think that any of them made any of the people on screen victims. Like it, it was always, no, I don't want to say like punching up, but it never punched down. Um, or in a way that was detrimental to whoever it was that was involved. So, yeah, I mean, outside of the, the one guy who, you know, uh, from the episode with the gas station, I don't know, anybody who's seen the show knows what I'm talking about. And I'm not going to spoil yeah. that for anyone who hasn't seen it other than uh, watch the, uh, the gas station rebate episode of Nathan for you. And you'll see one of the most just insane things to ever happen on tv <laughs> but bruce you've seen a handful of these episodes yeah, and, tell, um, tell us about it. it's i think it's disturbing um it's one of those things where i think people believe they can control how people react 
based on what they do. And I think he puts it to the test. I'm trying to be as vague as I possibly can without telling you something, but uh, I found it, I, I found it disturbing. Uh, you know, the idea that you would go in and then kind of affect somebody's life in a way that maybe we shouldn't be, maybe we should. And heck, this is what politics is. Politics is always trying to predict how you will react and what you're going to do. And so maybe it's just making us aware of the idea that everything isn't as random as you think it is. That was one impression I got from just the the trailer, which is all obviously that I've seen. It, it seems like some of the um, the shaggier episodes of Nathan for You, because there's a couple of episodes, Bruce, of Nathan for You, where he basically constructs these entire realities like from scratch as part of like his business plan to help these struggling businesses. There's one um, that's like a smoking ban one where he creates this whole elaborate like nightclub and this like date atmosphere and everything like that. And those are some of the most ambitious like episodes of that show. And it seems like that's what got ported over into an entire show with this. I don't know that some people are emotionally ready to handle this kind of treatment. You know, I think some of these people are fragile, just me talking. And I don't know that I would want to be responsible for that with somebody else, because I think they could really turn on me and um, have a, a bad reaction to it. I mean, you've done that just with friends, you know, where you think, well, if I say this, they'll, they won't hate me as much. And then you say that and you realize, oh, geez, maybe I should have said nothing. I'd have been better off. It's a great sociological experiment, but I don't know that I want to be a party to it. Do you think that, I mean, it borders on irresponsible? Is that sort of what I'm- Well, you know, they, he's planned it out to a gnat's ass. He knows exactly what he's doing. So it's not like, oh, this guy is going to go off the deep end and we got to worry about him. But it is one of those things where he might have a different take on how it turned out than the person did. Okay. Does that make sense? It would be like if- you talked about a Greek God and you said, oh, I, I'm sorry that I made a mistake there. But then if Jared had corrected you with the Greek God thing and said, no, it's an Italian God, it could have turned nasty. And I think that's what you see with this. These things could turn nasty if you didn't have some kind of buy-in from the people. And maybe there is, I don't know but it doesn't seem like it. It seems like it's all trying to be very random and very kind of whatever, but fascinating, watch it. But I don't know that I will be a hardcore viewer. Like I said, I'm on board with anything that Nathan Fielder puts his hands to. So I'm excited to see what it is, if only just to get a better understanding of the, the premise of what's happening and then to see how it evolves. Is it is it something where each episode is going to be different or is it something where it's going to evolve over an yeah, entire Yeah, it's standalone. Season? There's a self-contained episode. So you would just see what happens to this person and then the next one will will move on to something else. Well, speaking of moving on to something else. Wow. Incredible. Incredible King transition. Segways, isn't he? I mean, when you serve them up like that, I mean, what am I what am I gonna do? <laughs> see something good, I guess. <laughs> see something good. <laughs> skipping ahead now. You're skipping ahead. Sorry, sorry. But yeah, speaking of moving along. That's it for, for this episode, I think. So we can move right along to Jared taking us out. Jared, what do you got, man? Just uh, send people on, on their way out into the world. Open those theater doors. Let, let, let the sun shine. 
blind you for a minute? The great God of War. Chris, I'm I'm still hanging with minions. I'm hanging with minions at the mall. I'm hanging with minions when I go get my hair cut. I'm hanging with minions uh, at work. Uh, when I'm at home and hanging with minions, I'm, uh, I'm screening something good. Uh, or, oh, no. Oh, no. I messed it up. I, uh, I I have minions on the brain too much. Uh, when I'm at home with the minions, I'm uh, I'm streaming something good. And uh, when I'm going to the theaters and the minions are there with me too, I'm uh, I'm screening something good. And come October, you'll be screaming something good. Still with minions. Still with minions, of course, of course. At work, I am a minion. So there you go. No, you're the you're the editor in chief. You're the, you're the Gru. I'm the Gru. You're I'm the Gru. The, right? You're the Gru of the Sioux City Journal. Jerry is go. is a minion. Mm-hmm. But they have more fun. Minions have more fun. Of course. Make that a t-shirt. Put it on, put it on a baseball cap. That has to already exist somewhere, I'm sure. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Streamed and Screened uh, weekly podcast. We'll be back next week with more fun stuff. And we've got a bonus episode. Subscribe, rate, review, let us know what's up. We'll have links in the show notes to where you can find everything that you need to find as far as how to contact us, things we're up to, things Bruce has written, links out to articles that we mentioned. So we'll have a link to that Slate article that Jared mentioned about the gentle minions and uh, air dates for American Ninja Warrior loaded up in there. Yeah, thank you guys all and uh, see something good. But, 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 but.